Uh, so, as, as mentioned, we're talking about spiritual disciplines, um, which is quite a... Um, I'm really enjoying this series. I think it's going to be um, pretty cool. We've got a few, few different ones going through there. We've got a bit of a verse that kind of summarises a little bit of what we're trying to achieve, and I thought I'd just go through that this morning. Um, so, it's talking from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I quite like this passage. I've recently um, took up running. Um, I've been doing some park runs, and I promise it wasn't just so I could do a sermon illustration. I've been doing it for about three weeks, and uh, I've got a long way to go. I'm just going to put it that way. Um, but we'll talk more about that later, because um, it's one of those things you could very easily get depressed and be like, um, yesterday I did my 5K run, and I came 220th. <laughs> so out of, I don't know, maybe 350. So um, not, not as good as I should be, forgiven my uh, probably age bracket and all of those things. But we do it for three weeks. Um, and it's probably a good way to highlight it's very easy to compare ourselves to others when it comes to giving. Um, so as we go through, um, we'll be looking at, should we be looking at my spot 220th or should we be looking at something else? Um, uh, on this, I'd like to... Uh, um, look at this uh, next verse here, which I'll just read through. Uh, For as in one body we have many members, and members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith, if service, in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. I love this. We have different ways of, well, different gifts that we've been given. And when I'm talking about giving this morning, I want you to think broad, more broadly than just money. So obviously when we talk about giving, the first thing that pops in the head is money for a lot of people. Um, that's going to be one of the things that we're talking about this morning. But I want you to think more broadly than that because we can give in so many different ways. And part of our... You know, being Christians is actually giving to a, a variety of different things. Um, and we all have different um, gifts that we've got, so we're going to exercise these in different ways based on how God has gifted us. Um, I have uh, this really interesting quote that's uh, it's, uh, said by a friend of mine, um, some of you may know him, his name's John Zeckendorf. Um, he does some mountain climbing. He was the first Tasmanian to climb Mount Everest, as I understand it. Um, and he said something a while back which really stuck with, uh, kind of has stayed with me ever since. It said, people can often overestimate what someone can achieve with talent and underestimate what someone can achieve with hard work and discipline. Um, and I think we're all guilty of falling into this, that we think of, I'm not gifted enough in a particular area. And we do have giftings, um, but sometimes we actually need to work a bit at them as well. It's not just about what we just have there in front of us. Um, so 
am I not going? Am I going to stop running because I didn't come first place the first time I ran? Well, I'd probably be stupid to think I could come first place without actually trying. Um, so, kind of what I'm going through today, I want to talk a little bit about why do I give, but how? What does that actually look like? And then look at the the importance of it. So. Is this actually important? Like, how big of a deal is it? Something I have to pay attention to or not? <coughs> so, starting with, why do I give? Well, um, I think when you're wanting to actually get change in your life, I think having this understanding of why you do something is a really important first step. Because once we understand the why, then suddenly we can then look at the actions and it makes sense in the context of what we're doing. Um, so, my first point here is that, well, everything belongs to God. So there's this, lots of scriptures that talk about this actually, that um, what, what we have around us, we like to think of things as our own, um, but from a biblical worldview, it's not. We don't look at this as our own things. So looking here at Chronicles chapter 29, so this is when they're building the temple, um, and David's talking here, and so, but um, this is a prayer, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we've given you only what comes from your hand. So David really understood that when they were building the temple of God, it wasn't actually giving God things that were theirs. It was actually stuff, this is God's anyway, and we need to have that mindset um, as we go through, that the things we have are not ours, but God's. Um, and I love, you know, many of you will be familiar with Psalm 24, so the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Another great passage that talks about how things belong to God. Um, or this one from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. So we, we see these scriptures all throughout, and there's actually a lot more that I could throw in there as well, but we, we need to have this first understanding when we're approaching the topic of giving that what we have is actually God's. We're not, we've got that base point that we're starting with. And then the other thing that I think is really important is this, is to acknowledge just how much we have received. So we've received so much from God. Um, so I'm going to be talking about the parable of the unmerciful servant here. Um, so I'll, I'll just read through this one and we can talk about it a bit more. So, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wants to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Sorry, this text is a bit small. Hopefully you can read it, but um, read along. Uh, At this the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all of that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should be paid back all he owed. 
This is how my Heavenly Father will teach each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So, another part of giving is understanding what we have received. So, as Christians, we understand that God gave us everything. He sent his son Jesus to die for us. He paid an enormous price. We deserve nothing. Well, we actually deserve punishment and separation from God. Uh, but instead of getting what we deserved, Jesus came and died for us and paid the penalty of our sins. When we're talking about why do we give, it should be this overflow. We have received so much, therefore, how can we not but give to others? And then uh, my third one on this point is uh, God blesses the generous. And um, those who know me will know that I'm far from a prosperity gospel teacher. Um, but there's a lot in the scripture that talks about that there's actually a real blessing and it's a good place to be when we are generous to others. Uh, so I've got 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 here. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Um, and then this one from Proverbs 22 verse 9. So we've got the generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. And where the prosperity gospel kind of gets this one massively wrong is kind of focusing a little bit too uh, short term with things. Um, it tends to have a very high focus on the here and now. Uh, but when we talk, look at the bulk of scripture, we see that, well, the blessings we're not actually just talking about here and now. We've actually got to talk about the blessing, you know, what riches are we storing up for ourselves. So here in Luke 12, it says, Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. So we need to have that focus on when we're giving, that we're not focusing on the here and now, um, that I'm not giving to try and become a wealthy person, um, but there is treasure in heaven for being generous here. So, my uh, second point, then, but how? Um, so I want to look through a couple of things that might be barriers. So we know from scripture that we should be giving. Um, we, took, we talked um, a, about a few different things there about why. Um, so how? Um, I think a big one is about I don't have enough. So I want to talk about that. Um, we can look at those around us. So I'm going to go back to my racing, well, running analogy. Um, What's the point of me even trying? Because I came 220th out of 350 people. Uh, that's a pretty... I, got, I remember getting overtaken by this guy pushing twins in a pram, and I was like, oh, this is a bit embarrassing, but, you know, um, got, to, got to start somewhere. Um, so we do that with our giving. That we, we, we see someone else around us, and they're like, ah, oh, they can do so much more than me. What's the point of me even trying? Um, but that's not the, the scriptural response, is it? So... Um, we're going to be talking here about uh, another parable, this is from Matthew 25, and it says, again, it's talking about what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. It said, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, I haven't got the, the full um, parable on here, I think it was on it make it all fit for time. Um, so as it goes on, it talks about the how they've been treating what they've been entrusted and the, the, the important part of that story, and you can read through it later in your own time, um, is 
what do we do with what we've been given? Um, so you've got some who have given much and some have been giving little. And if those who have given little don't do anything with it, it's actually God says that I'll take that away from you as well because like you can't be trusted with this small thing. Why can I, how could I trust you something big? Um, so saying I don't have enough is not a good enough excuse, saying that oh, there's other people who can do that, they've got more than I do, what's the point of me even trying? Um, I think a better way to look at it is that when I was, uh, I'm going to go back to my race running analogy, probably better last time. Yeah. Yesterday I beat my previous week's time by a minute 30. And I'm like, okay, that's actually something meaningful. That's actually a number that I'm more interested in. So I did, well, I can't remember the exact numbers now, but it was about, about a minute 30 difference. I'm like, well, I'm still coming 220th, but that's actually not important. Because um, that's me comparing myself to everyone else around me and what they're doing. But for me, where I've come from, I haven't been doing enough exercise and I've been trying to um, do more of that. I managed to, in the space of a week, increase my time by a minute and a half. And I think when you're looking at giving, it's really important to have a similar mindset. Don't compare yourself to others and be like, well, um, I may as well give up because there's someone else out there who does so much more than I do. Um, look at what you're doing and can you do better? Can you, are you stretching yourself? Are you doing more? Um, look at where you were last week, last year, and if you're not improving yourself, then you probably have to have a look and think, what can I be doing here? And don't compare against what everyone else has been given and what they give. Um, have a look at yourself and see what you can do there. Um, another, another thing can be about, I don't know where to give. Um, you know, what's the best way of doing this? And it can be, um, like, there's so many different options out there, it's easy just to kind of not do that much. Um, I think it's, yeah, there's been this interesting thing I've been looking at through scripture, talking about some of the needs that we have around us and where these priorities should be. Um, and I've got this little diagram here. Um, and there's scriptures that talk about each one of these, these areas and it talks about some of the responsibilities we have as Christians about where should we be giving and supporting and all that. So there's a number of passages that talk about you actually really need to look after your immediate family. That's a, that's a biblical responsibility. It says in 1 Timothy 5 verse 8, If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's a pretty critical part of being a Christian, the saying that strong language um, so we do have a responsibility to those immediately around us that we um, for, you know if we, if we can work and we're not working then you know we've actually got to take a hard look at ourselves we've got those responsibilities um, and then it also talks about relatives so that passage I've read talked about your relatives too and then there's this um, another part in the same chapter it says uh, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, they should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. So we have a duty towards our family. So we've got parents, family, and some of those might be in need and might need our support. Um, and for many of us, we might have parents who are getting older and can't support themselves as much. And there's actually a biblical mandate for us to be responsible for our family. Then there's fellow believers. Lots and lots of scriptures talk about this, about the body of Christ, that we're supposed to be looking out for each other. Um, there's this lovely passage in, um, oh, sorry, I put the 
one axe in there, that was uh, a bit of a typo, but uh, let's go Acts chapter 4. Um, All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. The great power of the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, all that were there, were no, there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, bought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. So we've got this, the believers around us, and, and that can look in many ways. And I actually love about this church that we have so many serving people here. Um, so I said at the beginning, it's not just about money, so, but it is, that's one component. So one thing that we do here at Hope is that um, we'll provide financial assistance to those in need from time to time. That um, If there's someone in, in, in the body of Christ here that needs help, we'll do that. And there's all sorts of practical needs that's done. So there's um, people who'll make meals for people who need meals. Um, there might be someone who's going to go and do a maintenance thing on someone who doesn't have the skills to do it themselves. And there's lots of different ways that we can um, care for those around us. Um, and you can be a part of that too. So you might have a practical skill and then you can do things there. You might have money and you can do things there and we can put things in. Um, my own life, I try and do what I can and I look at areas where I have skills and um, it might be, as uh, um, David was saying earlier, if I'm an accountant, so I'm like, well, there's something uh, somewhere that I have a skill that I can give in. Um, and each of you will have different skills or talents that as God's given you and you can look at those things and be like, how can I actually serve the body of believers with this? And then there's the wider community. Um, there's this passage when we read from Luke chapter 6. It says, Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. This kind of outer circle I've got in my little diagram is, is very big and potentially a bit overwhelming. You know, the need in the world is so great, so it's like, where do you start? Um, I think you really just need to seek God in these things. And there'll be probably two categories. There's um, what, what I call kind of deliberate intentional giving, where you'll find areas that you can give to, and it might be a financial thing. So you find an organisation out there that you like, they're doing some really good work in your community, I want to support them. Um, it might be with skills and talents. So um, find something that's helping the community out there and you're like, well, um, I've got a skill in this area. So one of the things I've done, and many of you know this, is um, I've joined the board of MAF Australia, which is a missionary aviation fellowship. So that's an area which I've got, I feel like I can give my skills to and be a part of that ministry, I'm not on the front line, I'm not um, doing, doing those things, but I can contribute in an area that I can. Um, and then there'll be other areas where things come your way and you just need to be willing to say, yes, I can help here. I love the parable of the Good Samaritan, which many of you know very well. Um, it talks about someone who saw need as they were going about their day. Um, and I love that. They, there is a Samaritan go out to find someone to help that day, but they were on their journey and they saw someone who needed help. And I think God puts these opportunities in our path all the time. Um, but my wife and I recently, we had this thing around, we had a spare room and there was someone who needed to have a place to stay. So we were like, well, this is somewhere that God's put this person in our path um, and has given us the resources and the capacity to have 
do something there. So let's let's do something. Um, there might be someone random that you see on the street that needs some help. Um, there's there's so many different opportunities, and it's really important to be open and aware of these things. So rather than shutting yourself down when something might come up, um, just keep your eyes open because there's all these needs out there that God might give you the opportunity to bless someone. Um, when, when looking at these, I think I, I can't see any scriptural kind of ratio of balancing all of these things. The accountant me would love to be able to say, well, you have to do 30% there, 25% there, and so forth. Um, the Bible doesn't give us that, and I think for good reason, because it's going to look different for everyone. I think some important principles is that all of these things are things that are commanded by scripture, so we shouldn't be opting out of some of them at the expense of others. So... Um, the amount, what they'll look like, will change based on our circumstances. So if we're in a financially very difficult position, then potentially my giving to the wider community might not be as much in that season. Um, and depending on you know the time, so for example, I've got a young family at the moment, so I've got to think of the time that I spend and things. I've got to make sure I put time for my family, so that means that maybe some of the things I do for my household are going to be slightly greater at this season of my life. The key here is not to just throw out something and use it as an excuse. It's very easy to think that, well, I've got to provide for my household, so I need to make sure I have a really, really large house, which means that all of my money is going to have to go towards saving up for this really big house. Um, it's very easy to look at these things and just kind of go the easy route. Um, and I really want to encourage people to pray about this. Seek God. Um, talk to a mentor in your life. Um, if you're not sure about, you know, are you doing this well? Um, is there something that's not balanced? And my encouragement kind of going into this week is to, to have a think about those, those four categories there and think, what does this look like? Am I doing what I should, should be? Is the, the balance right? Am I getting something wrong here? Am I ignoring my family? Am I not doing stuff for the body of Christ where I should be? Have, have, have a think, have a pray, meditate on this, and that's, that's really my, my big encouragement um, kind of going into this week. And then my, uh, my final point for the morning is how important is this? And there's this passage I want to read through which really talks in really, really strong language, and it's, it's quite a challenging passage, and we want to kind of sit on that as we read through and realise that what we give is actually a fundamental part of who we are as Christians. This is not an optional extra that if we feel like giving to those around us, then we'll do it, but it's not that big a deal. The Bible talks about this in really strong language. And I want to talk through Matthew 25. So, starting from verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and he looked after me. I was in prison and he came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, 
or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I will tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. It's a really confronting passage. Um, I don't believe it's talking about a works-based salvation. Some people might go that way. There's clear teachings in Scripture to say we cannot earn our salvation in Christ. Um, But it doesn't diminish from what this is saying about just how important it is that we give to those around us. Uh, The criteria used for separating the sheep and the goats was how they actually looked after people. Um, There's this quote from Martin Luther, which um, I think um, says it quite nicely. It says, Good works do not make a good man, but a good man does good works. So, if you look at your life, this should be something that we should challenge ourselves. Am I actually showing a life transformed by the gospel? For someone who has received Jesus, it should transform our lives. We should see it in in how we live, that it won't be the same. Do our lives look like this? And that's the challenge that you need to ask yourself. And I ask myself, does my life reflect that Jesus has done a work in me? Am I giving to those around me? Am I doing what the Bible commands me to do? It's a sobering message, but I think it's a really important one for us to ask ourselves. Summarise. Talked about why do I give? We talked about everything belongs to God. We've received so much in salvation and the work of Jesus Christ. And we see that there is blessings for those who are generous from God. We know that we do have enough. That we've got different amounts and the amount we can give will be different from person to person. But we do have enough to give. We talked about different areas that we can give and that there's a range of different places that the Bible talks about where we should be putting our attention. We need to have a think about, am I doing those things? And then how important is this? Um, I put in there, it defines us as believers. Um, When we're looking at that parable in Matthew 25, talking about the separation of sheep and the goats, the criteria used was, did these people actually have a outworking of their faith? Was there something there that could actually see that was different? Was this person just doing some kind of intellectual exercise that has no reality in their life? I'd like to close with one of my favourite verses, uh, which is from Isaiah 58. This one I have in the office in my, uh, uh, at my workplace. Um, Thomas did this lovely uh, script for me, and I have that there. Um, and it's something... Yeah, that I just think is some wonderful poetry there about how it expresses it and it um, talks about the blessings that come from 
living in a, in a particular way. And it comes, I really recommend that you read the whole chapter. It's um, really, really good because it talks about people making sacrifices to God but neglecting these real practical needs around them. Um, and after it talks about the emptiness of just doing a sacrifice and nothing else, it, it says this. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in the sun's scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. We have this wonderful promise that if we give ourselves in support of those who need us, that God will look after us. He will bless us and we will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail.